Hello and welcome to another episode of Epic Phelan. This week we have with us Sarah Moss from Cornerstone of Hope. Other than doing virtual assistance, you are involved in another project. Yes, I am the CEO of Cornerstone of Hope Alberta Society. And not to be confused with the Cornerstone of Hope that's in um, the States. Oh. There is one down there. And I'm like, they don't even do the same work we do. But a lot of people put in cornerstoneofhope.com and they find them. And we're like, no, no, no. We're cornerstoneofhope.ca. Oh. Very Canadian. (laughs) We were founded here in Alberta. I think we're actually founded in Edmonton and then very quickly moved to Calgary. We've been around for 20 years. And Cornerstone of Hope provides peer support groups for families who are going through divorce and separation. We also provide support for those who are grieving the loss of a loved one. So we'll support the children, particularly through the stages of grief. Divorce, no matter how amicable, is very traumatic to children. They really are the silent mourners or the silent sufferers. They're not given a say. They're not given a voice. They're just all of a sudden dumped into this dramatic change of their lives where everything is different. And we provide support for them. We give them a safe place where they can talk about their journey through their parents' decisions. We also support the parents. We're not just for the children. We also offer adult programs so that people can walk through and navigate. Divorce is a lot like a death. It's a death of your dreams. It's a death of the vision. It's the death of the future that you had planned. And nobody anticipates it. Nobody walks into marriage going, oh, this is only going to last five years and then it's over. You know, I guess that might happen in some business marriages, but it's not, it's not your typical marriage. People walk into marriage thinking this is it. This is life. We're going to live together. We're going to have children together. We're going to grow old together. We're going to retire together. And then all of a sudden that's, that's ripped apart. And it's not usually a frivolous decision. I don't think anybody I've ever talked to has frivolously decided to just, oh yeah, we just felt like getting divorced. So we did. You know, and comparing it to a business, it's not just numbers. There's a lot of emotion behind that. And mm-hmm. and I'm sure, like you said, the, um, you know, advocating for the kids is a great thing because while it's, this is an adult issue, this is mommy and daddy's problem. It's, it severely the, the impacts the kids. It severely impacts the kids. Do feel it, and and kids yeah, blame themselves. Kids are always like, "This is my fault," and whether whether that marriage breaks or disintegrates in conflict or amicably, the kids blame themselves. Mommy and daddy only fight because I was born. Mommy and daddy are getting along really well. Like. They're still friends. So this must be my fault. I'm the anomaly in this factor. And it's false. Like, let's be clear. Parents don't divorce because they have kids. It's just that that's how children interpret it. And so we give the kids the ability to talk about those things. And we walk them through. Brené Brown says that the first step to healing is to identify the emotion. And we cannot do that until we've learned to label how we're feeling. If we're just sad and everything is sad, we're ignoring anger, we're ignoring frustration, we're ignoring loss and depression. We give the kids those tools. We give them the language that they need to say, I'm angry about this. I'm sad about this. I'm happy about this. Like, let's talk about all those emotions. It's a 12-week program and the kids do so amazing. We had a little girl in the fall of 2021 
And her dad came and said to me, he's like, the girls asked, she was nine. She's like, daddy, do we have heart zone tonight? And he's like, yeah, we do. She's like, oh, good. I like going there. I wish we didn't talk about our emotions so much, but I guess it wouldn't be as good if we didn't. (laughs) So they really see the value of learning how to communicate their emotions. He also shared with me after Christmas that they had a really rough Christmas. It was probably their first Christmas separated. And he said, before they came to heart zone, heart zone is the program that we run for the young children. Before they had come to heart zone, the girls would have meltdowns left, right, and center, you know, just not able to communicate. There'd be in tears, there'd be anger. He said through Christmas, they had the words to express how they were feeling and the temper tantrums, the meltdowns are gone, you know, and they, as a family are just thriving now because they've got the emotional tools to talk about what they're feeling and what they're going through. You, you really don't see either a lot of like, you see like all the, you know, ads for, you know, divorce lawyers and they're getting divorced. Like, you know, you see them all over the, like plastered all over the place. We are the only but, program in Calgary. But yeah, you, I'm like, I've never seen anything where it's like kind of focused more towards, you know, helping the kids through the situation. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's not, that story I told is not an anomaly. We hear that over and over again. We have teachers who go to parents and say, what did you do? This is a totally different child. Oh, wow. You know, so we see it. Kids don't behave badly because they want to behave badly. They behave badly because they don't have the language to express how they're feeling. Their behavior is the language. They're shouting out for help. So kids who are behaving badly are just crying out to be given the language to communicate. And that's what we do at Cornerstone. We we teach kids language. And we have programs like we don't just help little kids. Our programs start at the age of four. They go all the way to 18. Hmm. So we have a program specifically to, for teenagers and we are the only ones who have a program for teenagers. And that's again, like a funny age too, where you're. Oh, you, they get ignored. You, they're like, oh, they're doing okay. They're almost adults. They're, they're, they're basically <laughs> adults. Yeah. I mean, I'm well above that. <laughs> I'm, still not, I'm still not there. <laughs> um, adulting is hard. <laughs> adulting is hard and learning to adult is even harder when we don't give them instructions for that. With my own children, I've done a lot of research into the teenage brain. And did you know that the teenage brain actually shuts down from the frontal lobe all the way to the back and then reboots? They are completely rewiring their brain through the teenage years. This is why there's executive functioning issues. This is why there's impulse control issues. This is why there's emotional dysregulation in the teen years. They are literally rewiring their brain for adulthood. And what better time to give them the emotional tools and skills to navigate life than when they're teenagers? Absolutely. They're now able to see other people's perspectives and we teach them how to do that. We teach them what their rights are. We teach them how to resolve conflict. We teach them how to forgive, what forgiveness is and what it isn't and how they can do that in a healthy manner so that their relationships in the future are healthier and more positive. I firmly believe it is so much easier to heal children and teens than it is to heal adults. Like let's not compile the damage. Let's start healing it because that gives them the tools to keep healing it. True. And it gives them tools to help um, in other situations that they may be in, right? Rather than just that, you know, just dealing with that, the divorce of their parents, but maybe other, you know, relationship issues that they may come across. Emotional intelligence is a desperately needed skill in our world. 
and it transfers into every area of your life. It transfers into your friendships. It transfers into your future relationships. It transfers into your parent-child relationships. It transfers into your work relationships and sets them up to be successful instead of battling to heal their wounded hearts, which is really what they are, or to navigate those messages of unworthiness that it's my fault my parents got divorced easily transfers into unworthiness. You know, how many of us adults without that support have struggled years in therapy or not going to therapy and just, oh yeah, I'm fine, denial, and really struggling to find that way through and taking so many years. But if we can give them those tools when they're children, like, wow, what a foundation we've given them for success. No, that's that's amazing and very needed, but where... Where would somebody find you? Like, I mean, I mean, obviously there's your website, there's your phone number, which we will give and everything. But like, how how does somebody find out about you? You know, if you call 211 and said, I'm going through a divorce, I need support for my kids. They're going to tell you about us. Oh, okay. We do a over the road banner. I have Facebook ads that go out. Sometimes we're on Facebook. We operate out of First Assembly Church off Elbow Drive. So you can always call them and and find us. We're also looking at expanding. So there's organizations who are looking to support children. And so we are selling our Heart Zone program and our support. Like we're selling a partnership with us. So you can buy the Heart Zone program. We will teach you how to use it. And then we're looking to expand across the province so that more people can step into this role and see more children walk in the doors. That's amazing. Yeah. One of the things we're working on is we're building a marketing platform because something, you know, and through COVID, it was very difficult for us. Our entire program is play and activity based. And so it was very challenging for us to run that in an online platform through COVID for the children. We were able to do our adult programs and even adjusted for our teen program, but there was no way that I could take this very hands-on play-based program and put it online. And that broke my heart. And so through COVID, you know, we kind of had to put ourselves on hiatus. And so we're rebuilding and we're looking at rebuilding in a big way. And I I never even thought of that too, where, and especially with COVID being. Divorce lawyers in Calgary are saying there was a 40% increase in divorce inquiries through COVID. And that was the first summer. So I don't even know where it went after that. Like, you know, marriages that were struggling already marriages that were on the edge lost all of the distractions it gave the push over let's talk about families with domestic violence you look at a family with you know domestic violence that's starting or domestic violence that you're you're managing because you know the most dangerous time for a family in domestic violence is when you're leaving that is the highest risk of death it's hard to leave domestic violence it's hard to live in domestic violence but it's even harder to leave it and yet through COVID, all of a sudden you're 24 seven in a household with somebody who's been hurting you. Yeah. Can't continue that. And so it just, it's not the cause, but it's the catalyst in many places. And both physical and emotional, right? Like exactly. Yeah. It's now, now you're trapped in the house with this person. That's scary. And then such a needed time to have a service like yours too. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I sit in those rooms and I I facilitated every single one of our programs and I sit in the rooms with the adults and I sit in the rooms with the kids and I listen to their stories and there is so much hurt and pain caused in relationships. 
And these marriages really need to break. And we really need to provide that emotional intelligence so that we don't have broken relationships. And the broken relationship is not the divorce. The broken relationship happens way before the divorce happens. Let's be clear about that. There is domestic violence that people don't even recognize. And they walk in my rooms and they tell their stories. And I'm like, you have no idea what you walked out of, but I'm so glad you're here. You know, and it's just, it's such a powerful place to sit and to hear those stories and to be able to see that hurt healed. Yeah, definitely a great thing. A great thing that you're doing. And it's a, is it currently, it's currently a nonprofit? We are a nonprofit. Yeah. We have been registered as a nonprofit for 20 years now. Um, this is our 20th 20 anniversary. Years. Yeah. And again, <laughs> 20 years, I guess goes by really fast as we we're talking about earlier, but, right? but, but yeah, like 20 years, that's, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, and I got started like in Cornerstone of Hope, my marriage ended 12 years ago and I went looking for support for my kids and I, um, I'm like, yep, I know there's something out there. So I went looking and I found Cornerstone of Hope and we attended the programs and they were such amazing programs. We also have an annual summer retreat. It's in July. We're out at Trout Lake this year, which is pretty amazing. It's in BC. We went through the programs and we went to the camp and I thought this is too amazing of a program to walk away from. And so I went to the leaders at that time and I'm like, can I volunteer? How can I help? I couldn't give financially. I was a young mom of young children. I was a single parent with no true income at that point but I could give of my time. And so I did. And I volunteered. I facilitated in the kids groups. I facilitated in the adults groups. I was camp counselor. I stepped into every role. They hired me as an administrative assistant, a virtual assistant. I joined the board. And then when our founders retired in 2019, I had been trained up over those last nine years to take over the role. And it was pretty amazing just to see how that journey can happen for people. You never know Like when I said, hey, can I volunteer? I never thought that that would lead me into being the CEO of this company nine years later, right? So it's been an interesting journey through that, but we're always looking for volunteers. We're always looking for people who can donate their time or their skill set. Well, the great great thing about you being involved is that you, you went through the process. I understand it from the bottom up. I know how those people walk into that room feeling. I know how the kids walk into that room feeling. It's so funny that you wouldn't think that the business world and and this kind of ties in. But what what I'm sort of thinking, too, is in your situation, by having gone through the process and seeing and experiencing it yourself, you really understand your, I mean, clientele is not the word, but you understand that the people that you're helping, right? You understand you know, the, what, what they're going through. And yeah, like you said, how it feels on day one, kind of stepping into asking for help. And uh, I think that's uh, a lot of business owners should, should do the same. They should you think about it from a um, client-centric position or a um, thinking about it from the stance of the person that you're helping. Absolutely. And, and if you can do that, if you can put yourself in your client's shoes just for a minute, you don't have to stay there, but if you can, if you can see their need, then you can meet their need, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and for you, I mean, if someone with a family of four came to you and said, we're looking for a house and you go, oh, here's a two bedroom condo, they'd walk away and laughing from you. Like what on earth? That guy's an idiot, right? Yeah. You, yeah. you, don't, <laughs> yeah, you exactly. don't meet them at your need. You have to meet them at their need. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, and what what their needs are, and that's really interesting. I, did, I didn't expect you know with this interview to have have so much relation between both things that you do, both uh, your career and your passion there. They overlap very nicely. It really benefits that I have the administration skill to run the administration side of Cornerstone as well as as being able to understand the emotional side of it. And, you know, to be perfectly honest, I've sat in those rooms with the kids. Like I have taught Heart Zone, I've taught Teens Thrive, and I have learned so much. You know, I have gained from running those programs and all my facilitators walk out the same way. They're like, wow, I have learned stuff that nobody ever taught me. Or, you know, the kids said something that just opened my eyes to a whole new perspective. And we see things and, you know, it really changes you know, you've got that Chris Rock, Will Smith situation that happened at the Oscars. Oh, what, what, what is this? <laughs> Let's talk about that just for a brief moment. Yeah. What I see in that is two people who don't have the emotional regulation. They don't have the emotional skills to manage a hurt. And that's what we teach our kids. We teach them, this is an appropriate way to manage the hurt. This is an appropriate way to manage your anger. This is how you respond. And that is how you don't respond. They're not men walking on a stage going, I'm mad and I have to take a stand. Like, And I can see the perspective. I can see the hurt little boy that walked on stage. He, I think he has... We we forget like because the guy doesn't age, but but we talked about how how (laughs) yeah he's and and I think he's over the years you know from different stuff in his personal life that has leaked out. He's talked very openly about the pain in his childhood and the pain in his early career, and and he's talked very mm -hmm. openly about the path he's taking to heal a lot of that stuff, and and that's you know that's kind of what I mean in let's not heal adults, let's heal children. Yeah. It's exactly. a lot less work. It was interesting because I would never expect it out of that, I know. that person. Yeah, right? that's And it's just, I think, I think there was a lot of bottling that he did, you know, a lot of uh, pushing down of, uh, you know, different emotions and pushing stuff off to the side. And finally it was just, that Not was the, the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back. And yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of people that sit back in judgment and they're judging Chris Rock and they're judging Will Smith. And I'm like, there's a lot of brokenness standing there. Yeah. And and I think that my work with Cornerstone allows me to see past the action into the pain. Yes. Yes. And that's you're you're absolutely right there. I think there's two victims in that in, in a way. I mean, where something that no one is mentioning is that the Academy or the producers of that, of the show. They allowed that joke to be said. They, well, they, like Chris even says, I don't know whose joke that was, but that was good. Uh, like he thought it was funny, yeah. but I don't think it was. I don't think joke. it was. I don't think it was hit. But I mean, the other thing is, is that there's, there's so many points where it could have been stopped. Right. And it's like, he could have, mm-hmm. it's like, Okay, so someone's just walking up on stage when it's not their thing. You know, what's going on? Where's security, right? You know, like... Right? Like, why didn't somebody... Where are you going? It's, nobody's supposed to be on yeah. stage right now. Um, but, you know, in this world of, you know, Kanye doing the same thing. And I mean, uh, at a much lower level. <laughs> but, um, oh, there's so many problems in our world today. But, 
And, and again, that comes back to Cornerstone. We are seeing these broken adults. You know, when we were kids, when I was a kid, divorce was fairly unknown. It was fairly uncommon. It was happening, but it wasn't the common denominator. And, and society as a general rule, I think, has gotten healthier in that they're accepting that if there's an unhealthy marriage, that it's okay to end it. Yeah. And I think that's a positive message overall. I don't think that walking away frivolously is the answer, but I think that there are times you've put in all the work and you recognizing there's a lot more hurt happening than love. You know, do the work. Absolutely. But when it's time to walk away, walk away. And there should be support for you when you do that. Yeah. And we need to stand in that gap. Like divorce isn't going away. It's, it's a constant. And it's growing because there are unhealthy marriages. There are unhealthy choices. There are people getting married so young, they don't even know what they're doing. There are people being pushed into marriage for reasons they're kind of stupid. Yeah. But, <laughs> and let's be honest, I'm not just talking about marriage. There's common law marriage. There's, you know, there's people who get pregnant and don't ever be in a relationship. Those people are welcome in our groups too, because you're still dealing with an abnormal family situation. Our society still promotes the husband, wife, children scenario as, as the best option. And it likely is if it's healthy. Yeah, but sometimes it's not. And I think a lot of people in relationships come to stay in a relationship or, or be in a relationship because of fear, right? And it's like a fear, mm-hmm. of, whether it's fear of being alone and this this is a, a person that has taken me in or or I don't know what I would do if I were to leave, right? If this was, you know, if it, if they're not in a good situation. Or kids need both or parents. Or kids need both parents. Or what are people going to think of me, you know? Or they're going to look at this as a failure. I wasn't good enough to be in a relationship or I don't know. Yeah. There's so much perception of judgment, I think, is, is it? Because I don't think that, yes. I don't think there's, there's really the judgment there now nowadays really i mean people get divorced all the time <laughs> but but mm-hmm. i think you know but there's still that perception when you're when you're, when you're in the moment it's like you're looking at it and you're like what are people gonna think right and there are certain subcultures in our community where there's a lot of judgment about divorce still, still yeah so you know not to negate those because there's still there's still those subcultures there's there's a lot of cultures where divorce is like oh good. I'm glad that you ended that bad relationship, but there's a lot of cultures that are like, no, divorce is evil. How dare you try? How dare you even consider that? Mm-hmm. And, and, and a lot of in between that. Right. And, and a lot of people that, you know, you expect a judgment and you're not getting it because you've moved between subcultures. So yeah, you're right. There's a lot of perceived judgment and a lot of judgment and you never know where you're going to find it sometimes. Yeah. So that's again, why, you need somebody such as such as yourselves where you would make that a little more clear or, or give somebody that ease to continue on with their steps or maybe or or maybe not maybe maybe they they find a way to figure it out but also knowing that it's not it's not the end of the world it's not the end of the world and it's not my place to to judge whether or not you should or shouldn't be divorced my job and my whole goal is to stand in that place and say, okay, this terrible thing, this traumatic thing is happening in your life and in your family. And that can be the death of a loved one, not just the divorce, right? It could be the death of a parent. But my job is to stand there for the kids and say, this is happening. How can we help you emotionally navigate it 
heal through it and come out stronger on the other side. That's the goal. Not to say, yeah, divorce is good or you are, yeah, divorce is bad. It's to say divorce happened. How can we help? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. What now? Yeah. What, what, what can we do? And how do we, how do we help you through the process? That's, that's, that's amazing. That's mm-hmm. so if somebody wanted to reach out to Cornerstone, how do they do so? All right. They can reach out to us on Facebook for Cornerstone of Hope Canada. Okay. Just to be clear, we're in the Canada side. Cornerstoneofhope.ca. Phone number is 403-289-8555. And you can text or call that number and email. Our email's on the webpage or it's just Sarah, S-A-R-A-H at cornerstoneofhope.ca. Okay. So many ways to find me. So many ways to find me. <laughs> and, if, and, if, and if you need a virtual assistant. I make it easy. I'm Sarah at sarahsecretarial.ca. sarahsecretarial.ca is the web address. Reach out to me there. Perfect. I keep forgetting my Sarah Secretarial phone number, so I won't give it to you, but I will email it to you so you can pop it in the comments. It'll be in the show notes. So if you're you're looking for for a virtual assistant, definitely uh, check out Sarah Secretarial. And I don't usually forget numbers, but it's a brand new phone number. So that's the only reason. You never, you never have to call yourself. <laughs> never call yourself. But I'm like, yeah. oh, I know that number, but it's not on the tip of my tongue right now. <laughs> it's so funny that we did like with numbers. It's like you don't have to, um, don't have to remember them anymore. Right. They're just in the phone. Yeah. I remember phone numbers from like my friends when we were like seven mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like but you know what that's that's it uh, like I don't yeah other than that I don't know many many other ones yeah it's crazy you know you used to be able to hold them all in my head and now I'm like you know what there's more important things to hold in my head my phones will hold the phone numbers exactly exactly well Sarah thank you very much for coming on uh the Epic Phelan Podcast. We'd love to have you back. Maybe even talk about the virtual assistant world or or Cornerstone. Um, it's it's uh, it was a very diverse one this week. That was so much fun. I'm glad that we were able to connect, Ryan. Thank you for having me on. Perfect. Thank you. And until next time, stay epic. Thanks again for listening to Epic Phelan. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, give me a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at RealRyanPhelan, and visit my website at thecalgaryrealestateguy.com. Until next time, stay epic. <laughs>